Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking with Influence, where you'll hear professional speakers discussing their signature talks and how they educate, motivate, and inspire their audiences around the world. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by the Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakersguildusa.com. Good morning. I'm Deborah Simpson coming to you from San Diego, California. If any of our listeners are on Twitter, and especially if you're a professional speaker, I'd appreciate you hitting that tweet this button and let your followers know about the show. If you have any questions, you can feel free to call in. The number is 516-595-8125, or you can send me a question via the chat room. It is open. And if you like the show, you can follow the show by tapping the Follow Us button on the show page. Of course, you can always keep up with us via iTunes. Today, my guest is Dr. Kenneth Anderson. Dr. Anderson was born in Chicago, Illinois, and raised in Robbins, Illinois, a veteran of the United States Air Force and attended Grambling State University, St. Leo University, University of Laverne, and North Central University, where he finished his doctorate in business administration. Dr. Anderson is a charismatic, self-driven entrepreneur and a published author of the books, How to Save Community Colleges, How Community College Presidents and Deans Impact Graduation and Retention Rates, Participation Leadership Equals Success, and behind the concrete jungle. Dr. Anderson possesses over 20 years experience as a public speaker and has completed over 150 speaking engagements for small and large organizations, sharing insight on employee engagement, leadership, organizational development, and workforce trends. Dr. Anderson has built a reputation for developing effective training strategies and operational and business strategies, designing and implementing process improvements and spearheading program objectives and protocols. Dr. Anderson, welcome to the show. Uh, You did give me permission to call you Ken, so it's really nice to have you with us today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm curious, what about it just made you decide that you wanted to become a speaker? What was that message that you were so passionate about that you felt you needed to share it? You know, I don't, I don't think that becoming a speaker is something that you kind of plan for. I think it's something that hits your heart and your soul, and then all of a sudden you're able to talk about those topics that are true and blue to you. And so that's what kind of happened to me is that, you know, I was I – was, um, participated with some of the colleges locally where I'm at and uh, noticing that there was a lack in leadership, there was a lack in things happening the way they should be happening, and I just had that passion. I wanted to make change, and so that led me to speaking about being a participant leader in all my different subjects. Oh, so, oh that's so you touched upon a little bit about what you speak about. Can you expand that a little bit? Yeah, so – I'm noticing no matter what the organization uh, that you're part of or participating with that uh, everything starts with leadership. And if leadership is not part of the whole organization, then the organization lacks in some area, uh, especially with personnel. So I would believe that a leader that has a participant attitude and leads in a participant way is more successful because they know the employees, they know 
uh, how the employees are thinking because they're part of the organization and not sitting at the top of some big office. They're actually in there understanding what's going on, talking to the employees and being able to bring those things back to meetings and then touch the people that are experts that are not being used. But you only can get that way as a participant leader. And that's why um, I speak about participant leadership. And does that run across does that that runs all the way across then in small business? Do you address other fields that obviously have leaders and people that can be brought up as the next set of leaders? So our, my guess, my question honed down better would be, are there specific industries that you work with in this? Uh, right now I'm focusing on community colleges or universities, but it actually expands across any organizations where you have three, five, 10, 100, 200, 1,000 employees, participant leadership works in any of those avenues, whether you're, whether there are opportunities for me to speak about um, uh, writing grants or uh, leadership styles, it all affects all those different areas. And so uh, it doesn't matter the large, the, the, the amount of people you have in your organization or what the subject is, it still comes down to a participant leader leading a way uh, that, that communicates with the personnel uh, in, a, in a fashion where the personnel know that they're part of the organization 100%. What are some of the mistakes that leaders make that by hearing from you or working with you, they can come around to that type of a leadership? Some of the issues and, and problems that um, many leadership leaders make uh, are the ones that not knowing the employees. So uh, let's take, for instance, um, somebody in an organization, some guy's been walking by the, the president of the college office for years, and, and the president never gets out and talks to him, but the president wants to know, wants to get a project done. He wants the best person for it. Well, this guy's been walking past you. The president never came out to talk to him to, to be a participant leader with this guy and find out this guy is the guy he's been looking at for two or three years walking past his office never knew this guy can actually affect the, the success organization. Now, if the president had been in the working with these people and talking to the, every employee that's walking through, he would have known that this guy was a touch. So a lot of leaders make mistakes on not knowing employees, uh, not understanding what the project. Sometimes we'll say leaders, well, I give it down to my, um, my managers to handle things. Well, your manager needs to understand that they have you with them and the manager needs to know that they can talk to you about an employee and that you understand who the employee is and the skills that the employee brings. So I think one of the biggest problems is the uh, leadership not knowing the employees. The other one is that the other big problem is that leadership not knowing uh, the problems that exist in the organization. And if they're a participant leader, they can understand the culture where there's um, parts of the organization are not getting along with each other because there's a cultural clash then the participant leader would know that if they're being part of that. So uh, when it all comes down to it, the participant leader has to be the one that affects the organization by knowing. And the only way they can know is to by getting out there and, and talking to their employees. So I think some of the, the problems are that the leaders don't get out there and just talk to the employees. Yeah, I would. Uh, it sort of resonates what you're speaking with. I know someone 
who's having a great deal of difficulties in their business because the leader that was brought in for to run the office is not that knowledgeable about what the business does. You know, how do you work around that one if if a leader has been put into place that probably doesn't have some of the skills you just mentioned? Well, you know, it, it's hard sometimes when we have leaders that are in place and it's really hard to re- have leaders removed because we disagree with them. Sometimes we just have to go in there and explain to the leader that, hey, this is what's going on. I really need you at this meeting to hear what's going on. Um, I really need you to understand what I do within the organization and how I can help the organization. So sometimes just sitting down with the leaders and explaining their position really makes a difference. And it actually can make the leader feel like they're part of what's going on. And that's another thing is bringing the leadership into what you do uh, so they can know what's going on, how things are working. Uh, And even if you have to send them reports, they may not want to see it all the time, but if they see that you're constantly sending them reports and letting them know what the next big project that you're looking at, it helps them become part and helps them learn what's going on in the organization, especially specifically in your area. The other way to do that is to be that participant leader yourself. Don't let a leader who's not a participant leader stop you from being a participant leader, and then you indulge in the same things like knowing your your subordinates, knowing how they function, who's the best at what, even though they're working in the same area. And then at the end of the day, and I always say this to everyone, then you inform your leader, even though they may not be a participant leader, you inform them because a participant leader not only works downwards, but they also work upwards. Um, are you seeing, in because you're so close to the community college um, sphere of influence, do you see generational differences in how colleges work with their students? For instance, you may be working with a college leader who's a boomer getting ready to retire, or you may be working with someone who's from Gen X or something. And I'm thinking about the generational shifts and kind of the different ways they think about life. Does that come into play in the leadership arena once they get into management? Uh, yeah, of course, uh, who we are really affects our, the way we handle leadership. And so everything you just said kind of boils down to that, who we are affects leadership, whether we Gen X, millennia, uh, or whatever we want to be called, uh, who we are really affects us as leaders. But however, uh, leaders have to learn how to separate who they are to the organization in a way where they can be a participant. So if you come from a, a time when the boss just did the boss work and everybody else did their work, then that doesn't work now in the current days. Everybody has to be entangled to make the machine run smoothly like an oil machine. So um, our character and who we are really plays a big part, but we can get a, we can actually get around that by following the rules that were set in place. You know, uh, I don't unless you start your own organization. Most organizations have things they've already set in place. Like we want somebody to go out and raise money for the, uh, for the college, or we want somebody to be uh, in the foundation area within the college. We want somebody to help lead the faculty or lead the administration section. Well, the leader has to understand that those rules have been in place, 
they got to find a way to fit that into who they are to make sure we meet those things. And again, it comes down to leaders willing to be open and learn how to be participant leaders. You know, the old days of I'm the boss and you do what you want to do are just gone out the window. <laughs> you have to know what's going on to be successful. Yes, I would think uh, I have a millennial myself, and I look at how she runs she runs a small business and how she runs her small business. And, you know, they're just uh, – I happen to think they're a really cool generation, the millennials. And I see them approaching life a little bit differently than we did as a boomer um, there. So – are you looking, what type of speaking engagements are you looking for? Where is it that you speak that gives the most value? You know, it's probably, I don't, probably not a social media conference or something like that. So what type of venues and events should um, a, a event planner reach out to you for? Well, you know, because of some of my past stories in my life, my personal life, that which have led me to who I am and really to, to hang on to that participant leader stuff, um, large crowds, because large crowds want to hear stories. They want to hear uh, how you manage to get over something or make it through something. And so I can speak to large crowds about being a participant leader and how all those avenues affected my life and led me to where I am to be a participant leader. But also... Uh, especially for community college and university, a lot of times you just got to have training for faculty on leadership, which I do. Uh, sometimes you just got to have uh, 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 with students how to uh, understand how participant leaders work and how to get the most out of the leadership at the college or universities. For small businesses, uh, understanding how to know your, um, know your employees, uh, you know, so if you have, like I said before, you have three, five to 10 or, or 100 or 200 employees that having a small organization, you still need to know who your employees are. And so I do that specifically kind of training also. Uh, I also uh, do grant writing, which has a lot of participant leadership stuff in it. Uh, and uh, I do speaking engagement, like I said, uh, from leadership uh, to management, uh in, in all areas, uh, and, and, and also business development uh, in all areas of community colleges and small businesses. So that's who I really reach out to. Yeah, it would seem to me like your topic would translate really well over to small business owners as well as uh, the people who run colleges, the executives up there. Because um, leadership is just so important right now. I think everybody's looking at at this point in time to what defines good leadership and how can I be a better leader. Um, So it seems like you've got that kind of nailed down and that business conferences would also be a pretty good venue for you to speak at as well. Correct. Correct. And so your, your ideal client or opportunity speaking opportunity or audience per se would be then I mean, really, any business leader, even if it's outside of college, could benefit from what you have to share. That's correct. And and it, it can help them in better serving their employees. You know, I'll, I used to always say that though we have great computers and great systems and great networks, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's still the employees, no matter what. It's still the employees because the employees got to be happy 
because they don't want programs or computers, you know. So it still comes down to the employees. So if the employees, employees don't feel like uh, you're being part of them, then uh, the work doesn't is not as great. It, it gets done, but it's probably not at 100%. It's getting done at 80 or 70%. So when an employee feels like they're important and that you're participating with them, it's, it's just amazing. I'm, you know, I'm not sure how uh, other people have experienced this, but one of my quick stories is that uh, when I joined the Air Force, I had some trouble with my pay. I got to my duty station in South Carolina, and my boss said, hey, what's going on? Uh, we're happy to have you here, but it seems like something's bothering you. I said, well, I haven't got my pay in almost a month, and then I got a small family, and I need to take care of these things. And my, my boss said, hey, what? I mean, you're more important than what we're doing. We can find somebody. For, you go up to the pay office, and until they pay you, you stay there. You know, he was that more concerned about me. He started bringing me tables over to my house because I hadn't got no pay. I couldn't do anything. They were bringing me food, and he was leading the charge. And I always thought that's the kind of leader I want to be, a participant leader that understands my employees, their needs, and takes care of them first. Because when I got back to work after everything was said and done, I think I was the best employee for like two or three years. I know for sure because I got a couple awards for it. But it was all because of how he uh, – came to know me and helped me through some of my tough problems. And we only can do that as participant leaders. We can't help employees if we don't participate and understand and know who they are. So then it looks to me like being a participant leader definitely adds to the bottom line because if you can lead your staff into creating the best and working at the best rate, um, as far as getting the work done, the quality of the work, then it seems like that just adds to the bottom line and makes it a lot easier for a business to make money. Oh, it definitely adds to the bottom line. Imagine being a participant leader, understanding the culture that's going on because you are a participant leader, knowing who the employees are, and then you have a project and you go, you know what, even though Johnny works in, in the copying office, he's really good at IT. Let's move him over here for this project you know, and put them on this project, and all of a sudden that project booms because guess what? You got the best guy in the in the uh, organization to come work over here at this other project. Even though he's came in as the lowest level guy, he knows computers really good, so we moved him over there. And the only way you can do that and understand that is to know who the employees are. There's no other way. And that's what participants, that's a- leaders do. They know who employees are. Yeah, that is a really great story. Let's take a moment here, and can you share with the listeners how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to have you come in and speak at their community college or at their business organization? Sure. You know, if anyone out there listening and they need a trainer, speaker that wants to understand how participant leadership works, that needs some grant writing expertise, uh, that really want to change their organization, you can reach me at uh, my website at www.kblconsultingllc.net or give me a call at my office at 520-255-1570 and let's get you on the schedule. Let's talk about it. Let's get you on the schedule. And let's get me out there so we can make some huge improvements in your organization. And when you're speaking to an audience, what is what is your goal? What do you want them to remember or walk away with when they've finished listening to you? 
you know, uh, I heard this once in churches that a lot of times we want to just drop seeds. <laughs> and I think that's what speakers really want to do. What I want people to take away is something they can take back and think about. Hmm, do I really have this problem? Can I improve on what I'm doing? Uh, so when I speak, I want them to be able to do that. But at the same time, I want when I'm speaking, I want people to be comfortable and understand when I'm speaking that I'm being a participant leader, even when I'm speaking to them at, at speaking engagements. And so for them to take something back with them to think about how they can improve their own organization or their own sections, how they can become better grant writers, how they can become better managers, how they can understand and know the employees. If they could just take that back, and I just call that dropping the seed, if they can just take that back and I can drop a few seeds with them, then they can be a better organization. So that's what I really want to get to the people that come to my speaking engagements. And I think I've been achieving that. Uh, that's great. And that is really a lovely way to share it, too. I've never heard someone, I've, I've, I ask this question all the time to the people I talk to on the podcast, and I've never heard anybody use the phrase drop seeds. And I really think that's the perfect phrase almost because I can exactly imagine, I'm a gardener, so I can mm-hmm. imagine what the dropping seeds is like. And I think everybody can resonate with that phrase. So that is a really great phrase for you to use in being able to help not only drop seeds, but grow new types of business owners that really want to see their employees uh, excel at what they're doing. So in the time we have left, let me ask you this. What should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? <laughs> you know, some questions I know are really hard questions. I know, and I tell you guys, I... I'm going to ask you that question, but it, it, I always get the same thing. It's like, uh. Well, uh, I think... All the questions that you uh, approach me with have been really good questions, and it's something I can get out to the community because this is a good avenue to do that at. Uh, But one question I think that that you should probably ask, uh, at least to me, is uh, where do you see yourself in five or ten years as a speaker? And I must tell you that I have goals like any other organization – I'm hoping to one day be on a stage and there's 50,000 people in the audience. And so uh, I set that goal. And, I'm, and I'm my, my, my plan and the things I'm doing is to achieve that goal. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, you always hear the stories of people saying, never give up, never give up. Don't try. Don't stop trying. Don't do this. And don't, don't let nothing hold you back. And I want to tell everybody that's listening is that bring me in as a speaker. Let's let's help me achieve that goal by showing even in your organization that things can change. No matter if it's one person listening to me or 50,000, which is my goal, that we can change by allowing speakers like me to come in and help you build your organization to become the best organization. And that's where everybody wants to be the best. So that's the only one I, love it. I would say. That, that is a great way to end the uh, show today. Uh, it's been wonderful to speak with you, get to know you better. I can't wait until we have our next uh, podcast chat together on um, a little bit more about leadership next time. And 
uh, helping the business owners who are hearing this podcast be able to put some new strategies for their leadership, whether they're leading a full office or whether they're a solopreneur, maybe leading a team of other professionals. So it's been a great delight to have you today, Ken. I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, thank you very much. It, it was a great interview. So I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, thank you for having me, and I do appreciate it. My pleasure. And that is the show for this week. You can join me each Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time for another episode of Speaking with Influence. If you're a speaker and you'd like to share your passionate message with my listeners here, feel free to contact me. My number is 760-685-1960, or you can send me an email. That's Debra, D-E-B-R-A, at speakersguildusa.com. Until next week, I hope you have a safe and prosperous week. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakersguildusa.com.